Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Going Off Track. Hello. Welcome to Going Off Track. I'm Jonah. I'm, I'm Brad. And we are entering this episode of the podcast. And uh, when we're recording this, it's shortly after David Bowie passed away. And Brad asked if I had ever heard his David Bowie story, which I hadn't. So, Brad, take it away. Yeah, so this is probably 20 years ago. Probably exactly 20 years ago. I should have looked it up, man, because I kept a pretty good journal then. When I was in the band, The Goops, and we used to rehearse at this place called CMS, I think. Everybody called it Big Mike's. Um, it's over like in the West 20s, Manhattan. Anyway, we like we kept all our gear there and we were getting ready for go on tour. We just finished a rehearsal. Oh, but before this, for like the week prior, every time we were rehearsing, Bowie was in there in one of the bigger rooms rehearsing for, I don't know if it was a... Um, a tour or if it was just a series of shows, but it was like all his classic stuff. Like it was all his like old, awesome, like seventies shit. Like, you know, we'd come out of rehearsal and we'd hear like suffragette city through the door, you know? And like, we'd sit there for 20 minutes and listen to this stuff, like through the, through the door. And finally, like after a couple of days, I put, I put together a little package cause we were getting ready to leave to go on tour and I took a manila envelope, put a t-shirt and like a CD in there and a note. It said, hey, we're big fans. We've had a great time listening through the door. Signed, the goops, right? I gave it to the guys at the front desk. and like, look, if you can give this to Bowie, it'd be awesome. And then the day came that we were, li- we were literally leaving on tour. We, li- we went up there to load out. And you loaded out through this back door with the- where the elevator was. So we loaded everything out. Everybody's in the band, in the van, and I'm a, and we're about to leave. And I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot something, right? So I ran in, and as I ran past reception, the guy's like, oh, hey, yo, I didn't know you were here. Um, David Bowie's looking for you. I was like, what? He's <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, he's been going like, where's that goop guy? And I was like, okay. He's like, they're on break right now. You should go in there. And I'm like, did you give him my package? And I'm like, yeah, we gave it to him yesterday. That's why he's asking about you. So... The door was open. I walked in and sure enough, like the band was on break. Bowie's like sitting in the middle of the room with a couple other guys. And I walked up and introduced myself. And, um, you know, he started, we started, just started talking about like the band and what we were doing. And, 
and he was asking about touring. Like we were in a, we were, we were in a van, we had a nice van, but it was a fucking van. And he was like, he was genuinely, genuinely interested in the conversation. Like he was not blowing smoke at my ass to the point where, and this is the unbelievable part of the story. I br- I had to break off the conversation. No way. I swear to God. I, I, I I sat and talked to him for like, it must have been maybe 15 minutes. And finally I was like, look, I can't believe I have to do this, but my band is waiting out in the van right now. And they're already going to be irritated enough that I got to sit and talk to you. But if I keep them waiting any longer, like they're going to really be pissed. So I have to go. And I fucking, I broke off the conversation and left. What was it like when you got back in the van? When it's like, what were you doing? And you're like, oh, I was hanging out. Of course they were completely pissed. Like, what the fuck were you doing, man? <laughs> I was like, I, I was talking to David Bowie, <laughs> but no, I mean, he honestly, like he, li- you know, you can tell when somebody's listening to you, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And yes. I, I honest, I really thought like, why do you fucking care about this dude? Talking, telling you what it's like to tour in a van and, um, and he cared, man. So that's my David Bowie story. That's an amazing story. I had to break it off, which I regret. Yeah. That's an amazing story, Brad. And today we have an amazing guest on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Marky uh, Capicotto. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I was just calling Marky or Marky Glamour Kills because his clothing company is called Glamour Kills. And, uh, yeah, we he's a friend of mine, super nice dude. Uh, and we talk about how he's gotten to sort of designing his clothing company, moving upstate, a bunch of interesting stuff. Um, and you can go to just glamourkills.com. And it looks like you get a free shipping and a free poster or something with every order. Um, so Glamour Kills with a U, G-L-A-M-O-U-R. And they just had this 10th anniversary thing I went to at Webster with someone else from All Time Low and Vinny from the Movie Life. And it was super fun from, from what I remember. <laughs> I, I went I went to this thing and uh, I walked in and next thing I knew I was on stage doing shots with the DJ because uh, the DJ was sort of a fan of Stephen's show. Um, That's very glamorous. Yeah, it was very glamorous. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it was a fun shots night. Shots with the DJ. Because you know the, the DJ, DJ, you know, they've got to pace themselves. So yeah. Those are valuable shots. Yes. Yeah, some dude. Yeah, I don't know what I was doing on stage, but apparently I was I was up there and they were like, do you want to DJ? I was like, no, but I'll stand here awkwardly <laughs> and drink and look around. Uh, it was It was, yeah, fun times. Back in 2015. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, without any further ado, here is Marky from Glamour Kills. Uh, Marky, thanks for coming by. Thank you for having me. Um, Marky's wearing a rancid and I'll come the wolf shirt. And we were talking earlier. How authentic. I, I had original. this shirt. I saw them in the Agora in Cleveland and I think it was 95, 96 and the Lunatics opened and then I gave the shirt. It would have been, I think it was 95. I think it was 95 too. And I gave the shirt to Benji from Good Charlotte for some reason and I wish I still had it. Mm. I was actually, we actually shot a sound advice with him. I was going to ask him about it. I think I did tell him. I was like, remember I gave the shirt and he was like, yeah. But I feel like it, you can't ask for a shirt back like after like 12 years. No, once you <laughs> gave it to somebody, it's, it's yeah, out there. Yeah. Um, Brad, do you have any stories about Rancid? <laughs> Goops toured with them, didn't they? Well, it's, as I was telling Jonah, <laughs> we played on that tour at Philly. 
which is the, one of my favorite venues, Where, Troubadour. Troubadour, okay. With Luna Chicks and, and Rancid. You didn't, play the Cleveland, you, didn't, you didn't play the Cleveland show? I wonder if you played the show I was at. No, 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 we didn't. We only played one show. We okay. were like in the middle of, I think, working on a record or something. We just drove down for that night. Did you realize, like, at that time, were you like, this is like a pretty amazing record? Was it like, ah, oh, cool, new Rancid Dude, record? Dude, I told you, I heard him. We toured with him in 94, and I listened, and I was there while those guys were writing the songs. No, I, didn't, I never knew that. Really? That's yeah. Pretty oh, I interesting. thought I told you that. That's no. a cool claim to fame. Yeah, we, like, during. Witnessing yeah. history. Yeah, no, I literally listened to Linton Mars write that stuff backstage. That's pretty incredible. It was interesting. Yeah, listen to those on acoustic guitar. That's how they were writing. Wow. Um, really cool. Anyway, enough about me. Enough about you. <laughs> Let's talk fashion. Yeah. Fashion. I know a lot about that. Sort of. Um, Marky has a fat clothing company called Glamour Kills. Yep. He's been doing it for nine years, 10 years. I was just really just guessing. That was actually pretty close. close. Yeah. We were very close. Um, and how did that happen? Because you don't seem like, um, like, I, when I think when you think of like clothing line, you either think of like some kind of like vanity line from some dude in a band, mm-hmm. or you think of like high fashion y, like, clothing like expensive fashion weeky stuff yeah i wouldn't even we're not even i glamour kills i wouldn't even call it a clothing company i think that was one of the biggest uh i it, it was all an accident i mean we sell clothing but it's really like a lifestyle i guess that you're selling i think that's a trendy way to put it is what does that mean though i never really understand that you know like um i mean yeah apparel's the vessel of like what we're how we make money but it's also uh, I don't know, kind of like you get a... It's like a record label. I always put it as we're a record label that just doesn't press records. You know, we're very involved with, like, music. Obviously, like, Glamour Kills is... You know, we've, we've gotten notoriety from, like, sponsoring bands and working with bands and being involved with tours and all this stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, fashion... I mean, you see the way I dress. I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> not a fashion-y dude, I guess. And I didn't go to fashion school or anything like that. But, um yeah, it was all kind of a happy accident. I started designing tees for uh, um, different friends' bands when I was still in high school, and they sort of got some notoriety, and um, they were taking tours with, like, other bands from our area that were getting successful, like Autopilot Off. I'm from upstate New York, which okay. is like an hour and a half north of here. What, what town? Uh, uh, New Windsor, New York. Oh. No. Oh, vaguely kind of know where that is. Vaguely. John that- Clario, Nada Studios. That's like the coolest thing to come out of our neck of the woods is it on the west side of the hudson yes if you're uh i live on the east side i basically started i I abandoned new windsor very quickly i went to uh uh beacon which is like the up-and-coming yeah. town over there beacon. yeah you take place. take the metro north it's the yeah. new williamsburg they yeah. call that's it, what it yeah that they're Do trying you- to <laughs> trying to coin that but so that's yeah. where you are now that's where i am now yeah yeah uh, that's where I started the company too. Well, I started in my parents' basement, but like two years in, when it was like I was taking meetings with guys in suits coming to the door. My mom worked for uh, worked from home at the time, and I would ju- I would wake up at like eleven eleven a.m. twelve noon sometimes. I still do that all the time, even though I have a real job, I guess now, but real job. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, my mom would. Uh, we were getting like people that wanted to carry our stores and. Uh, carry our stuff in retail stores and like there were guys in like suits that would like walk like knock on the door and that the the business address was my mom's house and 
my mom's like looking at me. She's like knocking on the door to the basement where I slept. And she's like, there's a guy up here and he says he has a meeting with you. And I was like, oh man. And I'm like in my underwear boxers. I'm like, oh, I got to get ready. So I like probably put this shirt back on and, uh, yeah, I met with this guy. I slept like from, I slept like five steps away from where we fulfilled all the orders. I say we, but it was me very much at that time. I was so, I've gotten royal, so used royal to me. Yeah. <laughs> We fulfill the orders at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> well, I, have, I have a split personality. Yeah, that's good. You got to separate it's, yourself. It's, you're spending too much time in the basement. You got to have somebody to talk to. Oh, and we talked. <laughs> we talked a lot. Too much. So you're in the basement, your mom's. Then eventually you moved to New York? Yes. About, okay. um, say, five years ago, six years ago. Okay. Uh, things really took off. We... Uh, now I can say we actually because I had a staff, but uh, uh, GK was uh, really taking off at the time. Uh, we were starting to do a lot of cut and sew and a lot of different things where our, all of our production was happening on the West Coast. And, um, you know, the demand for the product, we were basically running a, our own warehouse upstate and orders were getting so crazy, like just fulfillment and like managing your own warehouse became a whole nother beast. And I realized I was like, man, I was like, this isn't necessarily what i signed up for like i mean i i love doing it i like i love the success of the brand but the brand was getting so big and i didn't know how to run it properly i couldn't do like the fulfillment and the uh the logistics and customer service and all this stuff so we outsourced it to a company out in california five years ago six five or six years ago and uh yeah i was like well now we don't need this big warehouse space we could probably go down to the city and that was always kind of like my pipe dream was to you know, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Um, Frank Sinatra is Irish in a different life. <laughs> um, I make myself laugh. Split personality, you know, that whole thing. Good. Um, I do it all the time. But yeah, <laughs> that so is five true. years ago we moved down here. That's cool. I wish I could. So when you when you heard something to fulfill, are you just like, hey, so like, can you guys just like handle all this accounting and shipping and stuff? Like, I'm just going to worry about making stuff. Yes, creating. Yeah. It was like the... I think so much of the brand, and this is what I was kind of getting back towards with uh, uh, the marketing stuff, or like with the brand being a lifestyle company, it's not so much a fashion brand as it is, you know, like it's a culture that we're kind of building. Well, it's a lifestyle we're creating within a culture. And, you know, like I grew up listening to, you know, punk rock and going to the Warp Tour and hanging out at the mall, even though I never bought anything, you know, is that shitty kid that took photography classes and um, wasn't good at instruments, so this was my next logical thing to do. Was I was, I think I was starting to tell you before. I started by designing shirts and CDs and posters and flyers for all my friends' bands. One thing led to another. They were getting bigger tours. Then they were like, "Yo, can you design merch for me?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and I'll, you know, just wear. Well, this is pre Glamour Kills. Uh, design merch for them, get paid like fifty bucks just to do it, and then like eventually I was getting notoriety because like uh just surrender matchbook romance these bands were coming up from our uh from my area and they were getting tours with like uh fallout boy and paramore and plain white tees and i was through net like through word of mouth people were hitting me up merch companies and managers and bands directly asking me to design shirts for them i'm like sure i was like and at that time i'm like 18 years old so you know they're getting i think a good design for like 50 70 bucks because i'm not charging charging pennies but um yeah from there i just kind of i had a bunch of ideas and a bunch of uh uh like shirts that 
uh, they were like turned down by different bands. They didn't like it for certain reasons. I'm like, oh, I really like this. So I was like, well, maybe one day I'll print it. And one day kind of happened. My buddy, uh, keep bringing up autopilot off, man, they should cool. Um, I haven't I'd, thought about them in a long time. Well, Cooter, it's the original. <laughs> I see that name in my head first, but anyway, they, uh, the guy, Rob, who was their bass player, uh, this was right when their band was winding down, uh, took his money and made a, uh, screen printing shop over in uh uh upstate right near me and he helped me out with uh printing our first line uh i basically gave him a bunch of designs went to um i think it was the last year was skate and surf fest was our first year as a brand before they became bamboozle and so on and so forth and i just sold sold product there and sold out and the rest is kind of history all kind of snowballed yeah well i guess like what i was trying to get at before was like about the fulfillment stuff was like that's kind of like the paradox of like doing something creative because it's like everyone's like, oh, you're a writer, you do this. I was like, no, like I spent like half my day trying to like track down someone who just check they're supposed to send me from like six months ago. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you can get so bogged down with that bullshit that like you end up like not really doing the thing that you kind of wanted to do in the first place. That's the hardest part of being like a creative entrepreneur or like going in like a freelancer. It's like you don't want to waste your energy on the the minutia, the stuff that's like. I don't know. It's, there's a be, there's a happy balance there that you kind of got to find, right? You know, I'd like to say I found it, but I I'd be lying to you. I think that's that's an everyday struggle for all people in creative fields. You know what I mean? Especially when you work for yourself, or um, you know, finding that balance. And um, yeah, you just hope you align with good people. You know, like if you've you know if you're an artist or whatever. Yeah, that's um, true. It's like having good managers. It's like yeah. That can make or break a band. Same thing with a record label or an agent. Yeah. You know? Similar to us. Real life folk. <laughs> yeah, what do you think, Brad? Manager can make or break a band? Yeah, do you think? Mm, I suppose. Can certainly break a band. I'll back that up. Break in a good way or in a bad way? Break, ruin, <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. The make, I mean, the band's definitely got to... Gotta have, have it to it. be made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you could take, I don't know, you could take any band and say if they continued with their 17 year old manager that they had, you know, <laughs> getting out of high school. Drummer's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's Fall Out Boy, Fall Out Boy if, you know, Pete Wentz's first. Yeah, no, it's true. You need cousin. to, like, you definitely need a team. I mean, but you gotta have, you know, you gotta have something to sell. Oh, for I've sure. I've always been pissed off by the old myth of you know you can make anything into gold you know the old major label myth get a good manager get a good lawyer get the record company behind you and you can sell anything yeah you know most of those people that i've met are pretty talented yeah even the ones you hate (laughs) (laughs) um marky yes i had a question for you sure jonah um like (laughs) i feel like there's been so many trends um, in sort of like the fashion of like the warp tour scene, like I felt like it when like when we were kind of getting into, it, we were on the same age. Like it was like Brady Ormer, like it was like board shorts and like all that Southern California, and then all of a sudden it became like all like the neon, the neon phase, like all like, where you're just like ugh, like. And I feel like I was way too old to actually wear that stuff, but like the perfect age to make fun of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You uh, hated me. <laughs> yeah i mean i know you guys I don't, are, I don't blame you well that was my question is like did you ever do ever design stuff and you're like well we'll definitely sell a bunch of this stuff but it's like i would never wear this 
for sure. I mean, especially now I'm almost 30 and, you know, I'm still producing, uh, you know, des- I'm still designing for, you know, predominantly 15, 16 right. year old. But it would be ridiculous for you to be like, everything's going to look like a rancid shirt from 1995. Oh, no, like, you know I, I, I want to like, stay in business. Right. Uh, yeah, right. It's, you know, it's kind of it, and that that's, you know, that's kind of a struggle. I think with that, uh, even with like bands, when they grow, you know, you kind of you kind of got to take a look at yourself and say, did your fans grow with you or are you still? you know, catering kind of to, you got to know who your audience is and, you know, not to say I, uh, you know, I don't, not that I don't back the designs that we produce, but I get that it's not, it's not made for me, you know, I'm I'm making it for who I was or, you know, that current me, you know what I mean? It's like, just cause when I was, you know, 15, uh, you know, shitty dicky shorts that pass your knees and, you know, the skate shoe and whatnot was popular. It's like, well, this kid is me now and he the the thing is neon and snapchat right, and right. you know well not i i think the neon phase has definitely gone the way of the buffalo but um but you get what i'm saying please don't bring it back no 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 <laughs> i got uh, yeah that's i i you know and we broke that stigma i think a little bit too it was like oh you know glamour kills because I, I think a lot of people thought of us as like wow that is a neon brand and i think we really did like especially for the scene like really carry that torch of uh of uh, merchandise design you know even the bands like saw what was trending from us and like you know you'd see you know any band on warp tour that was like kind of around us you know have very similar right uh pinks and oranges and fluorescents what what happens when you are like when you're like at warp tour or whatever and you walk past like a band merch and you're like this band's like these just look like our designs like it looks like they just like moved like a square across the shirt or something who cares or yeah like who cares yeah at the end of the day i think it's flattery i think uh i i think it's way worse when uh it's not an independent band doing it and it's like a retailer competitor or somebody but or like yeah yeah you just kind of you let that roll yeah but the i think one, one time the only time i ever got offended by band merch um the you know the band never shout never the uh he um when he was first breaking, he was like very anti glamour kills and like for for no reason whatsoever. And I remember one warp tour, uh, kids were like sending us photos of uh, his merch tent, and they were like they're selling a shirt of like a stick figure drawing of uh, I don't know the kid's name, but he always used to wear like a raccoon hat or something. Yeah, I know Chris, I think or something. Uh, or... I really don't. I know. know. I know like, who you're I, talking about. And it was like he was starting this like this feud or beef, and I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "This we're just a t-shirt what was, company." What did man. the shirt say? Oh no, but it was a photo of him uh, or a sketch stick figure drawing of him shooting our logo out of the sky with like a uh, rifle, <laughs> like, <what? laughs> like our flying pig is floating around. And I'm like, "Oh man!" I was like, "I think I'm." A, I was like, I, I, "Our brand isn't like." He was like, "This brand is fake, phony, blah 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 blah." I'm like, <laughs> didn't you sign a million dollar contract to warner brothers and like do all this shitty stuff did you see that did you ever see that interview he did with that i wish i could remember he did this interview and he like it's incredible because the dude who interviews him starts crying afterwards (laughs) i think this guy brian stars have you ever heard of this no you guys should look this up like the guy's like asking kind of goofy questions and then the different airshot numbers like Hey man, like we're real artists. Like these questions are fucking bullshit. Like we're at, like takes himself so seriously. Whoa, and it's super uncomfortable. And that 
I've watched it like five times. <laughs> nice. It's incredible. He's, I don't know. You guys should check it out. Uh, that dude's never going to come on the podcast now, but whatever. Who cares? Did he, uh, did he cry out of like, man, he hurt my feelings? Or yeah, I think it was of- more like afterwards. He was like, I drove really, I drove like eight hours to come here. And this guy was like such a dick to me and blah, blah. And then, he, and then they, then he came back on. Then there's like a follow up where oh. he's like, where the guy kind of is like, I'm sorry. I was in like a weird mood. Like, it was like a really hard day. Yeah. So I guess they all reconciled. Cool. 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 <laughs> Uh, that's good though. yeah i'm sorry that you didn't get that type of closure mark i didn't and i didn't and if, you know if uh christopher christopher, christopher. drew i knew yeah. it i knew it. it was like on the tip of my tongue uh yeah if he wants to come on the podcast i would i would yeah. take a he's got an, he's got an invite you've got an invite you got an invite Please, christopher. i'm here <laughs> I know, my feelings are still hurt no i don't i don't i, I don't take any of that and i hear he's not a bad guy i'm, I'm sure kinda, yeah like, yeah he yeah so. I'm sure he's a nice dude. We all have bad days. We all, we do, all, we all do have days, bad days. Exactly. It just sucks when you get, have to like have something that captures it forever up on the internet. Like <laughs> for sure, yeah, yeah. I I was talking to Brad before. Like I was like fighting with someone on Twitter, and I was like, I wasn't even mad. I just like wanted to engage. Like they were like checked out going off track again. Wasn't for me. Like and I was just like and I just wrote back. I was like, so sorry, our free podcast didn't live up to your rigorous standards. He's like, well, do you count how many times you say like? And then he's like, you know, you could also just ignore my comment. And I was like, well, cool. Thanks for letting me know how the internet works. Like, I'm aware of my options. But uh, I just wanted to bring that up again. I'm going to bring it up every podcast, like the next like 30 podcasts. Uh, Uh, How do you deal with people on the internet who are um, like, you suck? (laughs) I... Probably more constructively than me. <laughs> just obsess about it and keep talking about it. This, just you know, this podcast is really all about Jonah's search for knowledge that he can use. So it's true. Please it's true. help no. him. It, it, is, it really it, is. Please like, help him with your knowledge. I listen back to this podcast. Like, so like anything that's going on in my life, I'm like, so how do you deal with this? <laughs> I, uh, you know, early on, it, like, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it still is personal to me. It's hard not to, you know. Whenever you, I mean, I'm sure all you, everybody here can, you know, has read things about them or positive or negative and you're just like oh you know stick a knife in me but you know i don't know you just kind of you gotta mute the haters as i think drake probably said in some (laughs) something but no i don't know you just uh, take it less personal it's like yeah it's not for everybody so whatever come on i feel like the people like mostly like that are like are like shit talking are like the people that aren't like making anything themselves correct they're the and they're always the loudest ones. Yeah, the crit the the critical critics, who really have no other outlet other than their Twitter page with seventy people, right? Maybe listening. It's an know? interesting dichotomy though, for like for me because like I have been a critic for so long, like that was my job, and it's like I don't really do it anymore. Like I review like maybe one CD a month. Like I used to re- do so many live reviews and CD, and I, was, I just like I don't like doing it. I don't want to just sit like give my opinion on someone's shit i'm over it <laughs> no that's like that <laughs> yeah i think once i'd co- rather just make my own stuff than like say whether i think someone else's stuff is good or well, bad it's a lot more rewarding yeah it is a lot more rewarding yeah but i also i mean i think you know you're inherently i think we all are like uh we're all critics you know like and some people want to hear other people's opinion more than others and i think uh you know that's pretty cool that you made a living uh, 
people following uh, yeah, it's important. what you say about Criti- critics are essential, dude. I guess you know? so. But what's interesting is like I can be so critical about like music or books, but like there's some stuff I'm like people are like, Do you want to eat this or this? I'm like, I-, I don't care. And they're like, Well, what do you mean? Like, what do you like better? I was like, I don't really like both of them are the same to me. <laughs> like I eat anything and then I'm not hungry. Well you anymore. don't have to be good at being a food critic yeah. just because you know you can pick bands. Yeah, I guess so. I mean critics are I, I mean, yeah, it's easy to abuse that position, but think about like, and 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 obviously, no critic is all encompassing. You know, like if I want to go see a movie, I know like what two or three like critics reviews I'll read because I know what ones I've agreed with in the past. Right. I, the problem now is, and it's like- amazing how varied they. Are. I mean, obviously, there's like Hollywood um, critics, movie critics that are just sucking the big dick but but now everyone's a critic and i think like that also makes it so confusing because you're like i'll be like <laughs> I'll, I'll be like on tour out somewhere i'll be like on yelp and i'll be like well this place looks good but like this guy says this i'm like why do i care what this fucking str- know, crazy yeah. stranger thinks about lasagna at this place in like missouri like what's like it's so crazy like i'm like i'm putting real weight into this person's opinion i think <laughs> definitely with technology and like yelp and twitter and all these outlets where everybody can be a critic you know yeah. and that's it's like how do you filter what are actual valuable opinions that are going to help me with an informed decision i think and critics i mean even with movies sometimes it can ruin it for me that it's like oh i really wanted to see that yeah Matt no Damon no i've film. had that happen yeah. <laughs> oh, had that i was happen. gonna watch that but you know what and i've i I've, d- I've said, oh, fuck it. You know what? I, I want to go see the movie anyway. And then they're right, dude. Like, I'm like, fuck, this movie sucks. They might as well have told me the ending. It's like, <laughs> fuck, you ruined it. But if I, but the, 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 um, the group critic is a different thing. In other words, Yelp and like Amazon reviews, this is not the same thing as like a record critic. Right, right. It, it, this is, you're taking, you're taking a group consensus generally. Or you're taking several, like, you know, if you're going to buy, yeah, if you're going to go to a fucking restaurant and, like, there's a bunch of, you know, five-star reviews, but then in the last three months, there's been, like, four people that got food poisoning, that's really helpful, right? Like, you're not going to go. But, like, it's just, like, people are, I just feel like people are such, it brings out, like, what dicks people are. Oh, yeah. I was at this restaurant yesterday, (laughs) this kind of fancy place, interviewing this band, and the waiter left a comment card, and it was, had already been filled out. And I was like, oh, I got to read this. And the comment card was like, um, pretty good service, but had to ask for refills. If I hadn't had to ask for refills, it would have been an A+. It's like, Ugh. go fuck yourself, dude. <laughs> like, really? Like, you're complaining you had to ask for a refill? Like, I was just like, I was just like, ugh. Just don't uh, we, speak. We, we ripped it up. I was like, I'm not going to have someone, like, read this and be like, you really need to, like, be on top of refills better. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to get clients that aren't total dicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jonah, you need to go to yoga. I do need to go. I'm still injured. <laughs> no, but he's not wrong. Yo, you're injured? <laughs> yeah, I've had this sciatica thing. I'm in physical therapy. It's Ooh. it's uh, kind of a bummer. I bought this lumbar extender on uh, Amazon. It's yeah. just a flat thing that lays on the ground, and it curves. You okay. lay straight on it five minutes a day. Amazing. Really? Can you uh, link me up? I can link you up. Nice. Lumbar, lumbar extender. You don't have it on you, do you? No, but you can try. It's tra- It's portable. Like it really? collapses down. It's like the smallest, most simple thing. You ever see like the inversion tables? It's yeah, like yes, the, yes. It pretty much kind of does that, but not as interesting. Invasive. It like I don't know. It corrects your spine the way it should be yeah. at all times, like your posture. 
It's pretty I, cool. I definitely, I have a foam roller. I like that a lot. Foam rollers roll. I'm on that, yeah. Have you ever seen those canes that people have? Like the... Yeah, I have one of those. I had to, I, my physical therapist had me get one. I had a shoulder injury. I don't know those what you are guys are for good. shoulder. Yeah. Because I had to dig into this area underneath my shoulder blade with it. Wait, it's, a, it's like a cane. It's like a cane with a little ball on the end, and you can use it. It's a big, big hook, and you just like you can get, you can dig into your own. Like I need to like knock it. I have so much shit like that, and it's like <laughs> I realized the other day I was hanging out and I was um, wearing, you know, those like airplane neck pillows. Yeah, I started just wearing mine. They're just around the house, and I was <laughs> like, couch, I was like, 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 I like this stuff too much. Uh, where it's like, I, if I have too much, I'm just like on the foam roller with like the neck pillow, just like this, <laughs> like for nine hours. It's okay in your house, but this is one of my biggest pet peeves: is the fucking people that wear them around the airport like i hate it like, <laughs> I, totally I mean do that. like i look look you know like i don't think we need to go back to traveling you know like <laughs> we don't have to go back to travel like i remember when i was really little like like maybe seven or eight and we did a, a bunch of traveling with my parents and we, you were supposed to dress up my mom would dress us up to get on the plane yeah, and like obviously formal. it's no longer a formal experience but you don't need to fucking get on the plane in sweats and a fucking neck pillow on your head already like have a little bit of just a little common courtesy for those around you and, and a respect for yourself. Can I just say that? <clears throat> I sound like a fucking fuddy old d- fart. I understand <laughs> where you're coming from, but like, where do you draw the line between it being comfortable and just being a fucking normal pig? human? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Or, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like, I like, I get like, I feel like courtesy would like, I'll shower before. Like it's like I feel like if you I feel like if you <laughs> smell bad or something, obviously like that sucks for everyone around you. you bring a like, tuna sandwich on. Yeah. Like, but like does it make a difference if I'm wearing fucking sweatpants or jeans? Like no, I don't know. And walking I also, around an airport in a, in a sweatsuit with a pillow on your neck. I just don't know why it drives me it drives me crazy. I, I don't don't sit next to me. <laughs> You got you're the one that goes on all these exotic trips. I would love to come with you, but I didn't know there's a fucking dress code. I uh I I hate the TSA so much. Oh. And I feel like I kind of do it as like a fuck you to them. Like you guys have ruined this whole experience. Like you so don't des- be- you don't deserve to, like and my new thing is I probably talked about this too. I think I've watched every TSA video on YouTube of people trying to film them. And, like, people go up, like, filming the book. You can't film much there. The book, actually, according to your website, I can. Like, none of these people know any of the rules. Mm-hmm. And, like, and by the way, if anyone's JFK listening. JFK is the worst, by the way. JFK is the worst. If anyone's listening, you can totally film the TSA. You can film the whole security. If you opt out, you can film that. The only thing you can't do is get in the way or film the monitors. But it's, like, every time they're, like, no, you can't, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, eventually, like, let me see a manager. And then they call someone who's, like, oh, yeah, you can. So I don't care. I'm not going to dress up for these fucking people. You know, like they're criminals. <laughs> they have never caught anyone. They just steal shit. And so and then you want me to like dress up and look nice for them? That is very... It's not for them. It's for me, Jonah. On, I would uh, do it for you, Brad, but not for the TSA. We brought... Uh, well, Glamour Kills, we used to do trade shows. Uh, well, we still do out in uh, Vegas. And a few years ago, I was traveling with uh, two of my sales guys. And we... Uh, uh, what was it? When you go to a show, we get all of our shirts and stuff like shipped to like put on display, so you you know have box cutters and whatnot. And I remember we're walking through security, get through TSA just fine. I don't know if I should actually be saying this. You should. Uh, yeah, I definitely should. So anyway, we're at our gate, and um, uh, John, my sales guy, goes, 
look at my bag. And I, he opens up his bag and he has like three box cutters, like like our big Uline one, you know, yeah. you get them for free. I'm like, whoa, dude. He was like, they didn't say nothing. It went yeah. right through. Well, like, they were too busy looking for shampoo. Yes. The, the shampoo poo. <laughs> Yeah, wow, I mean that's heavy duty though. That sucks. They 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 just did a they did an audit of them. Like they didn't find like ninety five percent of the stuff people took through. Like they're mm-hmm. so they're trying to like re try, but it's like they don't have skilled workers because they don't pay anything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, what do you want? Like you want skilled people that are going to find this stuff, or do you want to pay people minimum wage? I think it's a dog and pony show, like just to make it yeah, look no, like it, we're totally. We're it is a hundred percent is, and that's like, oh, and then if you pay money, you can opt out of it. Yeah, which is like yeah. no one's ever been like. Like that could how could that go wrong? <laughs> what they should do is like really is is privatize it like anything else. Like if each airline has their own security, it's not like a government thing. And if you hate the security and they're dicks to you and they, they don't find stuff, then you're just like, oh, I'm not flying that airline anymore. Right. If one Southwest, one has, gets one's really chill attack. and they're yeah, if they're nice the and they're and they find <laughs> yeah, but it's like you know if yeah, just privatize it and like that kind of forces you to like do a good job. It's now it's like it's like the post office. It's like oh yeah, we lost that. Sorry. Are you are you There's no accountability? Tea party? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I I I align myself. You're drinking the, coffee, coffee party. <laughs> I'm like the amped up <laughs> caffeine party. I don't I don't I don't I don't want to. I don't align myself with any political parties. Oh, okay. I, I think it's whatever. Yeah, why? Who cares? I, I just I don't uh. Rancid. I, I don't. You're a musician. I, I like it's your I, duty not to. There's align. no party where I'm like I agree with every single thing with, that you agree with. I like picking and choosing. I agree with that. You know, but no, seriously, I, I always say I'm like, you know, what's so sad is our uh, we have more options for uh, detergent in the uh, grocery store than we do for like president. It's like yeah. that's the most important job in the country. Totally, totally. But yet we only get two dickheads to choose from. It's yeah. like that's not that how is that realistic? Yeah. yeah. Why I, can't we have a third or fourth or fifth? We really need option a third here? at the le- at the very least. We need a good a real independent party. I yeah. Guess. Somebody that's gonna actually contend and be not just I'm too like when it comes to that stuff, I'm just too I think I'm just too just jaded. And it's just like when I like whenever anyone gets excited about anything, I'm like, it's gonna be the same. Mm-hmm. Like it's like I just can't <laughs> I just feel like I'm like you, it's like when you're in like a, like bad relationships over and over, and you're like, well, I know how this is turning out. Like it's, <laughs> it seems exciting now, but it's like it's me crying in bed with like popcorn, like by myself. You're like, waiting for like, a four year term to end. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know. Like it's fine. Like this is a dark podcast. <laughs> it is. You know, though, back to the neck pillow. I don't necessarily hate the neck pillow look. But when people bring their home pillows on a flight with them, that bothers well, me to high hell. It's just kind of gross. How much space? Gross. That still so takes up so much room. Like, I don't yeah. even bring that on tour, like in a van. I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. Hell no. I'll sleep with my sweatshirt. He, that's comfy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Germs, man. I can't. I like, ugh. I do. I. You know what? I recently got into... Um, I flew in like a really nice flight and they gave you a really nice eye mask. Yes. Those things are great. I love eye masks. Yeah. I always travel with that. I hadn't done it in a long time. So eye mask I like. I like the neck pillow. I'll just... Yeah. I mean like... Earplugs, eye mask. Earplugs are great. Yeah. Um, Brad, what's it like flying with kids? Well... My kids now are old enough that they just get mesmerized by the um, movies. They, really? they actually look forward to 
Because we don't, I mean, they get TV at home, but not like a ton. Do you like dress them up in suits? Yes. My children wear (laughs) little bow ties and tuxedos. Okay, that's what I thought. (laughs) My kids always dress well. My wife sees to it. Um, so they're mesmer. So they're not. So, as you so can imagine, like early on, traveling hard. with like a two-year-old is like probably the worst thing in the world. Oh. In case you've never been on that plane, I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel we sorry for the parents. Yeah, yeah. Myself, everybody involved. <laughs> yeah, everybody. The kid, the kid, the kid yeah. is having, like having a nightmare. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's rough. My friend is flying here from Asia in next month with like a one-year-old. It's like the first time oh. his kid has ever flown. You gotta one break is them right in on the first. See, younger than one, you can kind of just put them to sleep. Maybe it's younger. Maybe it's like nine month, nine or ten months. Might be okay. It's borderline. Yeah, but, you know, like when a kid, is, it could be like four. I don't like know. babies, obviously, they just sleep all the time, so they're fine. right. I mean, unless they get upset and cry for an hour, but but yeah, once you get over one, once you can like walk, then they want to run down the aisles, right? And they freak out because they don't want to sit there and watch movies. Could be hell. It's a yeah. long flight. Yeah, it's a really long flight. I think it's like 20 hours or something. You put them in one of those um, dog carriers maybe with some candy. <laughs> <laughs> really good idea, Brad. A little bowl of water. Yeah. Uh, um, so, Marky. So? Um, so, you recently moved up back upstate. I did. Yeah, you know what? I want to hear about uh, Williamsburg and the country because Ooh. I've been... I've been going up that way for years now. I used to ride motorcycles a lot and used to kind of cruise up through there. And Beacon somehow was always like a stop. And I haven't really hung out up there much recently, but I hear, I know a lot of people that are moving up that way. I mean, is it really, like, is it, is it cool? Like, is downtown Beacon, like, is it cool? You can walk around, you can get a good coffee. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been to Dia Beacon, and I've been to. Have you been to the Chapel of Sacred Mirrors, the Alex Gray uh, space? I know a lot of people. It's in Wappinger. There. Yeah, it's like fifteen minutes away. It's cool. Minutes. You should go. It's really, a cool, really cool museum. Who yeah. is Alex Gray? Everybody talks about him. I'm like, Alex he's... Gray is an artist um, who's very influenced by psychedelics. And got that. He's uh, his art is like very informed by that. Like it's a lot of skeletal stuff, a lot of okay. like spiritual stuff. But he does his art is incredible and they do like these big um like moon parties there yeah they're building a new a new temple they raise all this money for called like can't remember what it's called but they have this his space now it's basically like a house they've turned into like his art gallery and took a bed and breakfast too but it just has his original paintings everywhere and there's like a gift shop it's cool gotcha see everybody like tells me about it and there's events or parties and I'm like, yeah you should go and i'm like i don't know anything about you this should guy go. you should check it out you should you should go check it out it's really his wife allison gray is also an artist okay and um it's sort of like yeah it's cool they're really 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 interesting people well dia beacon rules been dia there Beacon's cool um yeah we uh our first offices and warehouse used to be basically across from uh dia beacon like the train station when you first go oh, up Main wow, Street, yeah. it's like we had like this. We should have never let go of it, but I mean that's all hindsight, you know. When you want to yeah, move who, down to the big city, <laughs> but uh, now Beacon rules. But what do you do? Bars, like, do you get? Uh, do you, are you bored? Coffee shops? Do you get bored or no? No, because I yeah, I mean I'm down in the city like three days a week, four days a week. Okay. So it's like I don't know. I've gotten my fill of like I, I don't know. I think that was the hardest part, uh, and I mean it still is. I've only been living up there for four months, but it's like this. I'm disconnected and that kind of freaks me out a little bit, but it's also very soothing, if that makes any sense. Like where I'm like, 
I don't know. It's, I always feel like oh, I got to be in the middle of it all or got to be doing something, got to be doing something. And now it's like, eh, I'm going to sit home and draw or like just hang out and watch Netflix That's and chill. That's my fantasy. I yeah. don't know if I can do it. It might be too much of a New Yorker. Yeah, I don't know. I do fantasize about that. Yeah? Yeah. Move into the country. Well, that would be good because I feel a lot like of it's, peaches. it's so easy. <laughs> Is that President's United States it, of America? It was. <laughs> was that your band? Fred <laughs> no. was in the President's the United States of but America. But I think our lawyer actually repped them. I remember she... I don't understand how United Nations got sued. They didn't get sued. <laughs> because it's... Interpol didn't get sued. Like, all these bands were named well, after Interpol, government. I could see. But President's of the United States of America is not the name of anybody. Yeah, yeah. but I still feel like... Not an organization. Yeah. yeah, I guess. But it still seems like, well, you could confuse us with the president or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, so you guys really got sued? <laughs> we got cease and desist. Cease and, de- cease and desist, yeah. Pre- pre-sue. Pre-sue, yeah. Pre-sue. Nothing ever... And nothing ever... Ha- I dealt with... The, like, we deal with... I did try to deal with all my problems. Like, do nothing. Hope it goes away. <laughs> And he gets audited every year by the IRS. <laughs> There's <laughs> probably will now. There's not that much to audit. Side project. What's that? Actually, you wouldn't internal know. revenue. Uh, yeah. Well, we joked about that changing our band to the um, uh, like Federal Bureau of Investigation. There you go. Uh, but it never came to that. Federal Booty Inspector. <laughs> Remember, there used to be a, a label, IRS Records. Oh yeah, that was like REM label. was on. Yeah, it was a big label. Yeah. back in the day. But it uh, stood for something else, though. Probably. Or yeah. At least they, that's what they said when the government came around knocking. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it stands for uh, Interesting Records Stuff. S- and stuff. stuff. <laughs> Stupid stuff. <laughs> if you could just say that United Nations is, you know. We tried to say, we tried to change it to UN, and they were like, no, you can't do that either. Really? How, yeah. What? No. I don't know. What if I you took the remember. periods out? Un. Could you call it on? I don't know. It could be fun. I can't remember. It doesn't, I mean. Who cares? I'm who cares? Too, <laughs> I'm, yeah. too, I'm too fucking punk rock. I don't fucking care. We're just going to be United Nations and they can come suck my cock, Fuck okay? the man. That's, Fuck the man. Just so you guys know, that's not me saying any of this. It's all Brad and Marky. Um, so, They're listening. So what do you, uh, do you have any more, like, I remember you did those Hot Water Music shirts. Yes. Which are really cool. Thank you. Um, that was you, kind of my favorite project. Yeah. yeah. Well, how did that sort of... Because those guys um, are friends of mine, and they don't seem like the kind of people that would be like, we want like three buttons on this instead of two... I, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, You know what? It was We had an idea, and uh, we presented it to the Hot Water guys and uh, uh, Rise Records, and they were like, yeah, let's do this. And I was like, we should do a plaid, but we should do it with a band. Who should we do it with? What band really wears plaid? <laughs> Hot water music. Yeah, and it was really cool because at that point we were like, well, I, I mean, GK was really known for like working with a lot of poppy acts and right. stuff, and we we're like, you know, that's not all we do. It's just those bands are the most success. And I don't want to say successful, but like they've gotten the most notoriety. So it's, right, like we've been hand in hand with that, and um, we're like, well, what's a cool project we could do with some other bands? And that was something I came up with, and um. Yeah, we we designed the whole shirt. It was like, you know, just asking them to approve all the the doohickeys and, uh, well, doohickeys. That's how you know I'm not in a fashion. <laughs> I can't even. Uh, the buttons and the placket. And Do you the, ever, so you have to get samples made of everything first? Yes. Because I dated this girl for a while who was like, designed shoes and she would like, get samples made and she'd be like oh this looks nothing like what i asked strike for. offs and stuff yeah. and then have to make comments yeah and yeah yeah but you have your stuff made in this 
the United States? Uh, all of our shirts are made in the United that's States. Pretty, that's pretty. That's pretty. Um, most people don't do that, do they? No. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, no. Now it's starting to shift. Really? Because okay, it's it's less cost effective to do that, but you can control your minimums better if you stay domestic. Um, you know, you can kind of you know, especially with graphic shirts. I mean, that's ninety percent of our business. Um, but so like, you mean you can get less printed? Like, yeah. So, okay. like, if you're worried if like a shirt might not do well, you know, we're like, all right, we only want to do seventy two of these, and if it takes off, then we'll order five hundred of them. Gotcha. Um, but in overseas, you'd have to order like a thousand. Got that's, it. You know, crazy, crazy numbers. I mean, it could work out. You save a bunch of money if you're ordering that volume. But, um, yeah. But like for jeans and jackets and stuff like that, that really doesn't. I mean, it does exist in uh, the U.S. Like you can go to like boutique shops that'll make you a run of jeans for like five hundred bucks. But yeah, it's really expensive. My, my wife used to do um, clothing. She owned a skateboard company and. They tried really hard to keep everything domestic. And they made some great stuff. They had a fucking awesome jeans that they got that were made down south. But, yeah, the minimums are hard, especially for a small company. And then, like, it was just so expensive, man. You know, mm-hmm. skateboard kids don't want to spend $100, you know, on a pair of jeans. Same, and that's our, uh, <laughs> that's us, too. You know, that's like, yeah, you kind of, you know who your customer is, so you got to keep the price points, you know, a obtainable for yeah. like a 16 year old 18 year old kid so yeah. <sighs> too bad they're not spending 300 bucks on right a new get beanie get a, <laughs> get a job right get a jo- yeah quit <laughs> quit the pretzel stand and fucking <laughs> wall street's hiring yeah you want Figure this fucking out. beanie <laughs> well you it's want? not even you know the sad thing is is that it's not even i mean get granted yeah we've gotten to a place in the states where it's a little. It's probably a little more expensive than it needs to be. But the real problem is that they see, they know they can go down to the fucking H and M or uh, even worse, like uh, Forever Twenty One H and M. Yeah, and just get it for nothing. They're killing everybody right now. You know? like they're like crushing. Like what was the, the one? Mall. Oh, Old Navy. So I've got mm-hmm. kids. Like I'd never walked into an Old Navy, and and my wife's still like she'll only get like basics maybe. Like she doesn't want it, the kids to wear that stuff too much. But like. How do they even, like, you look at the prices on that shit, you're like, how do they even get the fabric for this uh, price? Yeah. There's some Let poor little kid's made. fingers are bleeding somewhere oh for that. God, yeah. man. It's fast fashion. It's like the new, I mean, I try to keep up on, like, all that retail, like, insider s- stuff and, like, the industry stuff and uh, fast fashion, like the Forever 21s, H&Ms, uh, Old Navies, they're, like, pinching everybody out because, yeah. like, nobody's going to. Looks you know, like trends come and go so quick. Um, and that's why, I mean, I, I think with, like, certain brands like Abercrombie & Fitch, like, they're really struggling because, you know, they have these looks that are achievable for much less of a price. And nobody's really wearing it to say Abercrombie & Fitch. They just want to have that look. Right. Um, but, like, that's why it's important to have, like, brand integrity and actually, you know, be a part of something, you know. And that's where I think, like, brands like myself and other you know, like I think like skateboarding brands like that yeah. do a good job of like, this is our culture. You know, they maintain that culture. The people that are, um, you know, around it, support it. And, uh, you know, that 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 gives you lasting power and longevity because you're bigger than the T-shirts you're selling. People want to be a part of it. You know, it's kind of like a baseball team. You know, yeah, everybody exactly. wants to root for it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, the labels, labels used to be like that. And some of them are, I guess. Fat yeah. records. <clears throat> 
want to be the clothing company, the Fat Records of Clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why? Uh, yeah, sure. Epitaph. Mm. Mm. They're going through a bit of identity crisis right now. I feel like they're signing a lot of different acts. Yeah. Well, you know, it's weird. They have some, a lot of bands I like now. Mm-hmm. Like I like, you know, pianos, Joyce mm-hmm. Manor. Um, well, I love those bands too, but I, yeah. But I will say that like, yeah, it was so weird. Cause like I was thinking about, cause you know, there's all this stuff in the news about victory. Yep. Um, and that's such a weird, la- it's like weird, like, cause they pulled all their shit off Spotify, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that was a label. That was like the first label where it was like you could really see like a trend getting popular and Victor would just sign like eight bands that sounded that way mm-hmm. and see which one took off and then just you'd never hear about them again. Yes. I you know and I I and I I I shouldn't and I shouldn't say that with Epitaph like that's a negative thing. I think they're they're putting they're trying out a bunch of different things. You know what I mean? I think it's cool they signed Joyce Maynard and uh pianos, but like I think they've got like a new electronic yeah band that's on there yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure yeah they do have they do have a lot of stuff but it is interesting because it's like i didn't i moderated an interview for ap a long time ago at epitaph's offices and it was like between brett gerwitz and fat mike oh wow talking about their labels and brett was basically like i stopped doing my band to focus on my label and my label's huge and mike was like i really focus on the band like i sign bands on my label but don't do have anything to do with the day-to-day and he's like my label that's good but it's not you know like Mm -hmm. and it was interesting how those guys like kind of started at the same place and basically decided where they wanted to kind of put their energy Mm -hmm. and i think my i think mike's ex-wife kind of runs basically runs a lot of the day-to-day stuff of fat because you could tell fat isn't i mean epitaph has become like a very conscious like uh entity you know like they're you know they they make sure their bands are in advertisements and get opportunities fat wreck is kind of like here you go here's an opportunity put it out there people like it Records will press them. So, yeah. you know, and I, you can't knock either way of that. You know, yeah. I think that's admirable. You know, do you feel like you have any peers in like your business that like you're like these guys are like not like competitors, but like these guys are kind of get what we're doing or kindred spirits? Yeah. Or not? Mm. Or you kind of feel like you're kind of doing like out on your own a little bit? I don't know. You know, with uh, t shirt companies, I feel like. I mean, I've seen a lot, like, come and go, like, a lot of different brands, like, pop up, and they're like, oh, we're on Warp Tour this year selling stuff, and I think the stigma with t-shirts, it's a lot easier to produce t-shirts than it is to, like, press records, so, like, kids, right. you know, especially, like, the MySpace generation of, and I'll say MySpace, but um, Instagram or whatever, like, it's so easy to start your own brand, and, you know, I... I no, I don't know. I really, I'd say like there's, I'd put like labels in that category with us. Like I wouldn't even, you know, I'd put like hopeless and fearless and right, epitaph right. as like kind of. I mean, we're not selling the same thing, but we're kind of are. You know, we're selling the culture and the, uh, you know, the we're we're not selling records, but it's still you know the same thing. Is it still that thing with like band? Like remember, like when it was like it was like Good Charlotte had like made and then like mm-hmm. Simple Plan had like role model, and I I think like like that like now like that dude from like um like Bring Me the Horizon has some lit clothing. Oh, line. Drop Dead, they're yeah. actually pretty cool. They're cool. I mean, is that cool, still yeah. like a thing where it's like bands? Like if a band gets popular, they're like, well, I guess we should start a t-shirt company. Yeah, let's let's make more money. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted our record. Now they. Uh, we signed our merch rights away as a band, but not yeah, me. Yeah, especially now, huh? Uh-huh. So you, you do see that, and, like, I've, uh, 
you know, we've we've worked with like a lot of uh, uh, different bands, uh, clothing lines, um, and I, I there were air quotes in case this isn't video. Is the air quotes coming through. Brad, can you edit in those air quotes? Air quotes. <laughs> Little shooshes. <laughs> just a 3D that. edit. Well, maybe I can come up with a sound effect that there indicates. That would be cool. But just to say, quote unquote. Quotes. Quote. But, uh, ki- um, you know, bands like, uh, like we did, we did it for two of the guys in All Time Low. Um, we still do uh, their clothing lines. We worked with Gabe from Cobra Starship Midtown on his clothing line. We ran... Uh, uh, clandestine for Pete for like a year before uh, everything happened with Fall Out Boy the first time. Okay. And I mean, it, you know, I get it, you know, and it's like a great opportunity for like a band to make more money outside of like just selling records and touring. And, you know, it's another avenue for them to, you know, express themselves. But, you know, it all depends on the band. I think I saw, um, uh, what band is it sleeping with sirens the lead singer uh has his own clothing company now and i was like oh that's cool and it looks like he actually cares about it you know you kind of get the gist right off the bat if it's like yeah uh, this guy's putting out stuff just to make some money and you're like "Eh, it's lame and it'll fizzle out anyway but like matt skiba just started his own clothing company it's all like skiba skiba wear or something like that Actually, the name's kind of lame. The designs are pretty cool, but I was like... Bleh. If you guys can't see, I'm dressed in full skiba wear right now. <laughs> I don't even know what you're wearing. It says uh, ice cream at the top. This is, who, this, are you, who are you wearing? This yeah. shirt uh, I got about five or six years ago. I picked up... I dropped off my laundry and picked up my laundry, and this shirt was in with my laundry. <laughs> it's like I magic. Like, I fit me, and I was like, I guess this is my shirt now. <laughs> so I don't know. So... <laughs> literally so just your sh- stylist is my stylist is literally just like whatever shows up i'll just wear it um lost and found styling yeah it's good i like it. i also i get a lot of compliments this year. like where'd you get i'm like i don't know like <laughs> the coolest shit i have is stuff that just like i find um nothing i consciously picked out yeah like you not me i could style you if you want i, I would love that I'll come over once a week i'll like just yeah go that'd be closet, nice bring new stuff that'd wow. be great i need that um yeah, because I was gonna say, t-shirt wise, like a lot of the people I know who do it are like more nonprofity, like shirts for the cure yeah, or, yeah. or like that kind of stuff. Seems like a big thing as well. And I, I really do like, uh, like shirts for a cure is cool. Um, uh, Keep abreast has been right. doing a lot. Uh, uh, is what, uh, to write love in our arms? I haven't seen them around, but I know you know they were doing a lot of things, cool things. I mean, I, I. I you know what it is, is like, I, I think, uh, you know, and a lot of kids follow me and they know that I, you know, I stand for a lot of shit, but it's like, I don't know. I, I'm not saying any one of those guys don't actually donate to anything, but it's like, I read something the other day about uh, the NFL does like that wear pink thing for breast cancer and they raise like $23 million every year, but none of it goes to breast cancer research because... I mean, at the end of the day, it's all businesses that are getting run. So, like, right. you gotta you gotta fund the business, you know. Right. And how how profitable are you? And I think like Keep Abreast and like uh, Shirts for a Cure have done a good job of like showing like, hey, this is how we spend it, and this is where it goes and what it goes towards. And I think that's admirable. I think it. I don't know. I'm not necessarily talking bad about it. No, <laughs> I, 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 guys, I, I, but, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I want to know it's genuine before right. I can put my seal of approval on, especially when somebody's going to use the term, this is for a cause. And it's like, okay, you automatically get attention from that. You know, it's obviously a selling point to attract people in, but are you actually what you're That's about? a huge marketing thing. You're, you know, you're using people's guilt to like 
make them buy your product. So you better be fucking legit. That bothers me. It's <laughs> like my a bunch of my friends now are like running the marathons. I'm like, when did everybody get healthy? It's like I'm sitting there <laughs> drinking a beer alone at the bar and I'm like getting emails like, oh, would you sponsor my race? And I'm like, oh, God. The thing with that, too, is uh, whatever. And then they take, <laughs> they take money out of it. I was like, oh, well, I was like, yeah, I'll donate something. or Well, so I've run a bunch of marathons. I've done the New York Marathon twice. Like, so, I'm sorry. Well, it's like the thing is, is like you can totally go that way. Like you, if you raise X amount of money for charity, then you're guaranteed entry in the marathon, which mm-hmm. is like it's cool. You get to run the marathon. You get to. But. There's other ways to do, like also if you run nine races and volunteer once you get guaranteed entry the next year like there's other ways you can do the marathon gotcha without going that route gotcha so it is kind of like when people are like I'm like okay like well yeah. I'm like you know it's like sometimes it's nice <laughs> to donate if it's someone gen- genuine but sometimes it's like hey I want to do this thing like you guys fund it yes you know what I mean it's like it's a little bit the dynamics just a little weird that and that's it's what sort i of felt like a shortcut yeah exactly I, it, and you know like the service now like somebody just sent me a link and it's like you could donate here and i was like all right i'll donate 40 bucks and it's like do you want to make this a hundred percent donation and it's like whatever company service fee it is it's like now it's 44 dollars right because right. i gotta pay, i gotta pay them to donate my money and I'm, like, and, I'm, and I'm sure it costs exactly four dollars they're not like rounding that up yeah well it was it, there was change in there yeah, too i just yeah. don't remember what yeah, it was yeah, I'm yeah. Like, no, i know but yeah. have you have you got some do you guys watch south park T- uh, here and there i never this, know when it's on this so season is there's like four or five episodes and it's it's like it's so incredible season 19 like i don't i this is the first season i've ever actually watched like week to week okay and it's like there's they have an episode where it's like they're at whole foods and they're like do you want to donate a dollar and like i was like no and then like goes in this whole thing where if you want to get your change back you have to like pull it out of this like starving kid's mouth <laughs> like as like and it's just like it's it's, it's just it's, it's so incredible awesome. the whole season has been like there's one episode all about yelp reviewer like it's like i heard about taking the yelp pc culture so hard and but they do it in such like an interesting funny way uh but yeah like with age uh, like a fine wine they, they get better with age I feel they like. do i feel like yeah they, I, didn't, I never really got into it and well, then they, they, for yeah. some reason like this like something just like i feel like they just nailed it again now they do sometimes it, yeah it's almost like they have ebbs and flows who knows maybe they have writers come and go or something i don't know but yeah they're definitely on an upswing but when they're on they're on man. they have that so hilarious. i'm watching that nathan for you Never watched uh, that season. It just started to. It's incredible. Okay, it's so great. And then Rick and Morty. Did you ever watch that? Never watched Rick and Morty. <laughs> Someone just uh, Pete, who produces sound advice for us, who's a writer for Weekend Update, was like, "You have to check this out." And it's Dan Harmon and this other guy. I can't remember his name, but it's so good. Okay, it's a cartoon. It's, it's I know of Rick swim. and Morty. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah. Huh. Um, I'm walking away from this, and you can so. watch all this without without the weed. Yeah. Yeah, Rick yeah. And, the Adult Swim stuff is definitely no, no, no. That's no, weed TV. Oh my god, it's, it, it's I mean, all weed TV. I, <laughs> do I think it would be good while you're high? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but is it entertaining? Totally sober. Yeah, because it, it's cool. It's all about like time travel and alternate dimensions and shit. Yeah, no, like, I've seen Rick and Morty. Yeah, it's like it's it's really interesting. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's I'm sure it'd be a different experience if you were super high. I, lo- I mean, I fucking love Adult Swim shows. I never really, yeah, but I never. Some of them, like, we watch, because I don't smoke weed. And, like, I love to get high. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the first time I ever saw, like, um, uh, oh, what's man. the guys, the two guys, Tim and Eric, Tim and Eric. Oh, Tim, Tim and Eric. Eric. I mean, the first time I saw that, I felt like I was stoned. Yeah. 
I that's one also where like I haven't totally been able to get into. Same. It's a very like specific sense of humor. The people that like it like love it. It's tweet. It's tweet shit. <laughs> Trailer Park Boys. You ever watch that? I've seen a little bit, but that's another one where people like love it. it. Like love it. It was so dark. I watched like the first two episodes, and it was so dark and like sad. I'm like, oh man, this is. But this is like real life comedy. Like. These guys live in a trailer park, and I think this is pretty accurate. <laughs> I'm not laughing. Yeah. What do you What do you What are you into, Marky? You're, uh, you're hanging out. In bon- Be- oh, you're, you're hanging uh, out at Beacon. You, you yep. got your bong packed. Yeah. You're standing for the night. You listening got, like, to some records. Listening to some records. Some Outcome the Wolves. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I. I mean. Uh, what am I into? Yeah. Working. Working. I work You're a always lot. working, huh? Yeah, I'm always working. Nah, but you know what? I think moving up there, I've really like disconnected. Like, I feel like in the city, every day there was like show to go to, meet somebody for drinks, go get dinner, go do that, go do that. And now that I'm up there, it's kind of like, and not to say I'm a loner up there or alone. I got friends that live up there, but I'm, you know, I kind of get to focus on you know stuff that I've wanted to do, and I've been working on new projects and new designs and like new glamour kills spin offy things that actually aren't glamour kills related but um yeah it's kind of gotten it's kind of forcing me to like get to work on stuff i feel passionate about again and i think down here uh when i moved down here i was like you know it was all thrilling and fun you know i don't know how long have you guys been in uh i've been here about eight eight years years? i've been here over two decades and like i hit the ground running and have it Really. Brad, Brad came here with Until the Dutch. I had kids, Settled I with the Dutch. I didn't slow down except for one year that I moved to LA and like this is what happened. Like I moved to LA for a year and fucking suddenly like I started two books. I like wrote a whole record and demoed it in a few months. Like I just did all this crazy shit. That's like, what I'm hoping to do. And like maybe that's, not the, that's why when yeah. I hear the stories like you, like Beacon, I'm like, oh man. I'd like to get back into doing things and and that's my fantasy that if I get away from the buzz of New York, it'll clear her head. Yeah. I, I think, and not even like in a like I'm not like going to drug fueled parties. No, it's no, like no. I gotta walk away from all that, man. And like Studio Sixty Six. No, know there's just it, there's but. always you know the thing about New York that I realized was like I've never since I moved to New York I've never ever 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 been bored. Yes, and like I remember you know being a kid. And being bored, you know, or yeah. being a young adult and being bored. And like, since I came, came here, I've never been bored. And when I was in LA, there was a few times when I was bored, but I was also, like I said, like really productive. And so, um, forces yourself not to be bored. Yeah. In I think ways. I'd like to be bored. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, yeah. And not to say I'm not coming back. I think it's kind of a good, uh, I don't know. It's like a reset switch. No, that's how I like think about it in my head. I'm like, you know, and like I'm, my family lives up there, so I'm like 20 minutes away from my mom and dad. I'm like, ah, it's cool. I, you know, when I moved down here, I'm, I mean, I'm only an hour away, but I mean, I would only like come up. I feel like for like Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then it's like, right. shit. I was like, I should visit more. And it's like now everybody's getting older, and like people are getting married and having kids, and I'm like, I should probably say hi to people that I yeah hold dear. And you know, you live in that New York bubble while you're here. It's Absolutely. like in this. These five borough walls, actually four. I mean, Staten Island's <laughs> tough to get to. I, I think I've been to Staten Island once. Yeah, once. The bubble. It's hard to get out of that. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely, man. I'm, 
You guys should visit me in Beacon sometime. Yeah, I would yeah. love to. We could like go to a park or something and go to the deer. Yeah, yeah go to the deer. That'd be cool. I want to. I haven't been to Storm Cloud. Storm, Storm King. King, Storm King, Storm that's King Art cool. Center. Yeah, pretty that's cool. good with weed too. Yeah, maybe when you get back. I'm trying on not it. to smoke weed. <laughs> Stop trying to make me want to. Somebody's got to smoke it, man. Yeah, Mark, I'm gonna mark you smoke my. I'm kind of on a low with weed. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's good to. It's good to ramp it down. Moderation, baby. Sometimes. For sure, everything's better in moderation. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's where the other place I want to move to. Mo- moderation, moderation, <laughs> moderation. I'm trying to move there for a while. I yeah, so it's it's a lot going on there. Yeah, everything's. I better. feel like it could also be kind of boring though. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> eh, boredom's good in moderation. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> What's not good in moderation? Um, sex. I don't know. I. I have to live in moderation with sex. Yeah, we, <laughs> not, not by do. choice. It just yeah. is. Wait till you get married. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm outside of moderation. Oh, <laughs> I'm in the suburbs. <laughs> You're in Fargo. Oh, my wife doesn't listen to this. Nah. <laughs> um. All right. Is that good? I don't know. Is it good? I don't know. This is like a super weird. Let's ask the I, let's ask the listeners. Was that good for you? Should good? we stop it here? Was this a, a super weird ending? <laughs> Are you guys able to take callers? <laughs> this isn't live. Yes, <laughs> you're here. Live this drum machine. You're here with Marky. <laughs> We're gonna take a call from this eight oh eight. Hi, I've got a question for Jonah. <laughs> Why are you so negative? <laughs> Why do you sound so depressed? I don't know. Why does your podcast suck so much? <laughs> oh God, we went off track a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> That was Marky from Glamour Kills, which is F because he killed it on that podcast. Am I Ooh. right, Brad? But yeah, you can check out GlamourKills.com. Um, order some shirts or whatever. Order some he's cool stuff. Support Marky. Support him. Support him. Um, you can also support this podcast. Go oh, to yeah. GoingOffTrack.com. You can make a donation for like a dollar or whatever to help us pay for our servers. You can... Uh, and we should thank you, people who there. People yes. have been stepping up. We're doing yes. okay. Yes, we're not going to buy a house. Special but. shout out to my cousin Jed for his very, very generous donation. Jed, thank Jed, you. Jed's a man. Um, also, uh, if you don't want to give us money, that is also cool. Just go to iTunes, leave us a nice comment, a review. Or just um, continue to listen. And just continue us. to listen. Um, you Support can tw- us with your ears. Tweet at us. We have a Facebook page. Yeah, or just listen and. Let us reside in a warm space in your heart. Doesn't that sound nice, Brad? It's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks to Marky for coming by. Thanks everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, you can listen to us next week with someone else. Great. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>